0: This is the Empowered Spirituality Podcast, the podcast about inclusive spirituality. Empowered spirituality is all about connecting and aligning to your own higher self. All religions, spiritual practices and beliefs, sexual orientations, gender identities and expressions are welcomed and celebrated here. I am your host, Samantha Nagel, owner of and coach at Empowered Spirituality, LLC. Every Wednesday, I will share a guided meditation practice, and every Thursday, I will share inspirational teachings or interviews with people with different spiritual practices, beliefs, and opinions. Come every week with an open mind, taking what you like and leaving the rest. Welcome to Empowered Spirituality. As I began the journey of shifting my career to a job that aligned with my values and beliefs, having an education in health coaching has been transformational. Through the Institute of Integrative Nutrition, you can become a certified health coach to empower your relationship with food, health, and wellness, live your dreams, earn while you learn, and embark on a new path. Join the global community of like-minded change agents who are here to empower, inspire, and motivate you to create the life you've always dreamed of by clicking the link in the show notes. And by doing so, you'll receive $2,000 off tuition when you pay in full or $1,500 off tuition if you choose the payment plan option. Or you can mention my name, Samantha Nagel, spelled N-A-G-E-L. Discover how to take a holistic and nourishing approach to health and wellness today. Hello and welcome to Empowered Spirituality. My name is Samantha Nagel. Today, I will be interviewing Bonnie Big Heart. Bonnie, she, her, has worked in youth residential psychiatric programs for 16 years in four different states and four different programs. She has also spent most of her life on a personal healing journey. The last six years have been spent doing intense spiritual and trauma work. She currently offers intuitive healing. In this episode, we talk about trauma, intuition, creativity, and way more. I do want to provide a trigger warning for suicide. We don't get into this topic very deeply, but it is mentioned pretty briefly. So check out this interview with Bonnie Bigheart. I know you're going to love her as much as I did, and I'm going to have to have her back because there's so much more to cover. Enjoy. All right. Hi, Bonnie. Thank you so much for joining today.
1: Hello. Thank you for having me. I'm really glad to be here.
0: Me too. I'm so glad to have you. Um. So my first question is to just tell us about yourself, who you are, what you're passionate about, your hobbies.
1: Yeah, so, um, well, my name is Bonnie Bighart um, and I have worked in youth mental health, residential psychiatric for 16 years um, in four different states, in four different programs. And it's kind of something I have dedicated my career to. Um, I recently, kind of stop doing that to push into other things. But um, yeah, some of my hobbies include, um, I love learning. So I do a lot of research, which sounds so lame, but it's true. I, <laughs> I research a lot. Um, I also enjoy art, just art in general, making, creating art. Um, And, you know, I I love music. So music is a huge hobby of mine. I consider just like listening to music to be a hobby. And um, yeah, tarot and reading cards is also another hobby.
0: Ooh, wow, thank you. You're such a dynamic whole person. (laughs) (laughs) We see a little dog. (laughs) Oh, um, this is so, Zelda? Zelda?
1: Zelda, yeah.
0: Oh, oh so sweet. <laughs> um, so that's a long time, 16 years. What drew you to that kind of work?
1: Well, it's kind of funny because when I first started in the field, I, <laughs> I literally did not like kids. Um, I didn't want to work with kids. I didn't even want my own kids, nothing to do with kids. I just took it because I needed a job and very quickly I fell in love with it. I had a friend that worked in in a program in Iowa and I just, you know, I kind of fell into it and I literally like there was nothing else in my life that felt right. I've done other things and I've invested time into other stuff, but it just, I always went back to residential and it is hard. It's hard. <laughs> but I loved it. I loved it so much. <laughs> wow.
0: So, what did you like about it?
1: I think the thing that I enjoyed the most about it would be definitely the kids.
0: 100% hands really? down the kids. They're,
1: yeah, they're so fun. Like, they're so funny and they're resilient and. Mm. I like I, they are the greatest teachers to be honest like I've learned more of the most valuable things in life from children than I have from pretty much anyone
0: <laughs> yeah. But,
1: yeah I think my, one of my favorite things was just like being able to myself personally like get into um, a childlike you know role and do a lot of hands-on fun stuff with them and like really just do creative things with them and i love teaching them things and just like imagination play was really fun so Aww. not really you know that that made up for all the terribleness <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh wow that's so interesting that you did not like kids at all and then you grew to like kids so much so much yeah You mentioned that kids are resilient, and I'm wondering what resiliency means to you.
1: Well, I would say that the vast majority of the children that I've worked through with throughout the last 16 years have been like from extremely abusive homes or Mm. extreme poverty, a lot of generational traumas so the fact that these kids come from you know these types of environments and still every day find a reason to laugh or be silly or have fun or try to play pranks like they i mean the truth of the matter is is they have really really hard lives and it is represented in their behaviors so there's always a flip side of it but to see them fight through those battles every single day and still like want to try, that's, it's beautiful.
0: Yeah. That is beautiful. You mentioned there's a lot of lessons we can learn from children. Do you include resiliency in that list as well?
1: hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah. I think that, yeah, especially, you know, kids are, are so, like they're so smart and they learn so quickly and they apply that a lot quicker than we realize and they and they work through these things so that is how they maintain resiliency and that is such a valuable lesson that we (laughs) need to pick up from them Yeah.
0: yeah oh totally I think one lesson I'm really getting over and over is that we tend to think especially as adult humans that we're um like above children or above even animals or the earth and what I'm really realizing is we can learn from children we can learn from our dogs we can just learn from looking out the window so I think that's so great you were able to realize that
1: oh absolutely 100% you were spot on with that I love that because that I mean if we're my thing is like if we're always looking for you know areas to learn. Mm. First of all, they'll never be they'll never be anything to learn. Like stop learning, yeah. you know. <laughs> everything is infinite. So you know, like just having the mentality of everyone's a teacher or everything is a teacher is mm. you know really important for sure. Yes.
0: Always being a student.
1: Yes. Yes. Oh, I
0: love that. Yeah, you mentioned one of your hobbies is learning. What do you yeah. feel like you're learning now?
1: Um, well, recently, uh, spiritually, spiritually, my journey illuminated that I need to work on my communication. Mm. So um, I'm learning a lot of lessons in, in, in how to communicate more effectively. Um, and then uh, another like lesson that I think I'm learning overall is slowing down.
0: Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I know, especially we live in an over system of capitalism and like go, 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 and produce, produce, produce. Slowing down is really hard to do.
1: Yes, hundred percent. It really is, and and we're constantly just you know everything is distracting, and and we're all you know from everywhere, Mm, everywhere. So it is it is hard to to really slow down and and also appreciate that I can slow down because some people have no choice to but to keep go 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 you know so
0: yeah totally oh good point um I want to come back to that but um you said that when you said that you felt illuminated or that something was illuminated for you and I thought that was such a beautiful word so I really like that um and you mentioned communication Uh, so I'm curious what kind of lessons you're learning about communication
1: Oh, well, since um, since I am from uh, the Midwest, culturally, our communication style, I think, is just different in general. There's a lot of mm. influence from um, Eastern cultures, and it's more back and forth and kind of like interjecting and interrupting kind of thing. And it's like yeah. stories back and forth, whereas where I'm at now, it, it is much different um which is great and, and it's just giving me an you know a, a new challenge but uh it's very much like one person talks says that they need to mm. slow down absorb then respond which is also great you know it's so great it's just different and it's not what I'm used to so mm. I'm learning how to engage in a different way my friend um, made it a, a point recently a good way to do that is to Ask questions. And so I've been really challenging myself
0: to ask better questions. So that that's been helpful. (laughs) Well, that is a lesson that keeps coming up too, is that I'm asking questions in like my spiritual journey and also with people that don't have real answers. Like I'm asking, is this bad? Is this good? Are you good? Do you feel good? Are you feeling bad? Like, and that's just not the right question to ask.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And, and, and I think for me, when, when I hear that my immediate thought is that so um, it's so black and white, you Mm, know, so that it it, it elicits a very black and white response, which means there's not going to be very depth, much depth to it. And that isn't always conducive for trying to build communication or relationships. You know what I mean? But yeah, asking questions is so Important, like it's how you ask yeah. it. You're like, if, you know, you could say, um, you know, just are you feeling good, but like, how are you feeling positively, you know, something? I see, I'm still working on it,
0: you know, <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's beautiful, though. I really yeah, love that. <laughs> so, your um, your residential community was a community. And you keep coming back to community. So, it, and you're talking about building community with your communication, and something that community is really important for you. Yes, absolutely. I would
1: I would say that I would say that um, f- finding a tribe or a community or just like a close knit group of people has always been really important to me, just because of my own experiences in life and the you know various. Traumas that I've experienced, but also like I understand from and um, like anth- anthropology standpoint, community and village is really important for people. So I, I just you know like I, I really think that you know changing bigger things starts smaller with like a good strong healthy community, you know, and I think yes. that's important. <laughs> yeah.
0: I yeah. love that, bigger things start smaller. I love that. Yeah, yeah, thank you. <laughs> you're welcome. Um, so I've mentioned this to guests before, it's really hard to find friendships or community when you're an adult, especially when you're an adult that can't really like go out places during a pandemic.
1: Um.
0: Do you have any maybe advice on how to build that community or even how you've built community in the past?
1: Man, it, it is gosh, that is such a fascinating conversation because so many things culturally have happened in one year's time that impacts everything. Um, Previously would meet new people and make friends is just immerse myself in the culture and, and find, you know, find people. But since I haven't been able to do that, I've, I've tried online and, um, hard it's hard yeah, yeah. it's really hard so uh, you know like w- all i can say is like you know just keep trying like you know it's, it's really hard currently at, even just as with the normal circumstances of making yeah. it as an adult but then add on to it all the other things you know it's so hard but to just keep trying because That is also the flip side of it that's the benefit is that technology has also evolved with the um, the pandemic. So people are able to communicate more on social platforms. So maybe friendship has changed a little bit in that regard. So, yeah.
0: (laughs) That's really interesting. And I was even thinking about it, like usually if you were gonna meet a new friend, maybe you'd go to a movie or something Where you have an activity to focus on but now we can't really do that so we have to connect and we have to talk because there's nothing else to really do virtually (laughs)
1: yeah and and personally that's how i've always connected with people that's my preference i don't personally like doing activities i i get really like distracted from the person and that's why i want to like spend time is like to know the person and like hang out with them and just discuss life and the richness so i've been really grateful that i just like i've been meeting all these people online talking to them just getting to know them but but then like you know when you translate into real life how do you make real in life connections Mm. with people that that's a whole different hurdle that i'm still working on because pandemic but i'm hoping to get there
0: (laughs) yeah we'll talk about it when things are quote unquote normal again yeah Yeah. (laughs) um so your website or you offer intuitive healing. I'm really curious about what that means and what that means to you. Yeah. So
1: all of my years of experience working in mental health, it gave me a, a particular insight into um, just people, I guess, in general and the struggles yeah. that we go through. Um, and then also, as I like started getting in touch with my spirituality, I all, like started physically feeling things in my body and like getting intuitive messages. And so I basically decided that I was going to pair the two. Um, and so it's like intellectually taking all of the years of knowledge and experience from learning trauma informed care and how that applies into the work I did but also pairing that with like tarot and oracle decks and um just like channeling I guess channeling messages so yeah that it's it's truly all-encompassing I can't even quantify like one specific thing it's not just Reiki because sometimes I do energy readings and it's not just card readings I also do like candle work where I'll I'll meditate with um, a candle on whatever for an extended period of time. So it's just really like whatever I literally intuitively feel called to do. Like um, I've, I've had a client where I did um, more Reiki and uh, EMDR type shadow work stuff. And then, um, you know, I had another client where I just did just tarot. So it's just whatever whatever I feel like is going to work best for the client to keep them engaged or get them to the next step.
0: Wow. Yeah. I love that. Wow. I want to talk so much about this. Um, and I want to start with intuition. What yeah. is intuition to you?
1: Oh man, that's such a good question. Cause it's, it's so difficult, but it's so easy because it's like, that's yeah. our, our voice. It, it is our guiding force that it is always there. It's always telling us it's, you know, it's, it's like a feeling you get literally in the pit of your stomach, like not in Mm. a negative pit of your stomach, but like, it's just that feeling that's, it's that, but it's hard to discern at times, especially if you come from trauma, knowing, you know, this is this is my intuition and this is my trauma response. So discerning that has been, has been really crucial in, in, a, in healing. So, yes.
0: Yeah. Wow. That's a really great point. So how, do, how do you kind of do the work of parsing out the trauma response versus the intuition voice? Oh, yeah. So
1: it, my therapist um, actually had a really a, a good like a, a good little saying or a phrase or something, but it's it's you you cannot go forward without going back. So I I did a lot of um, like reprocessing or of my of my traumatic memories. Yeah and um, connected that emotionally and physically with feelings I was having in my body and then allowing myself to discern am I right now feeling triggered getting a physical emotional response or am I actually getting a message um, based on all of my knowledge and experience in life that's telling me this isn't good this is why I need to move on. You know and that's it It really is hard but what when you do the work it, it like it's like a switch like this and you yeah. just see you know what i mean like that's the only way i can describe it it really is like yeah, yeah. thank yeah. you so
0: when you say do the work is that shadow
1: work yeah so i use the word either trauma work or shadow work to me they're interchangeable but it's basically just going inside in yourself and understanding why you do everything you do every every single thing <laughs> and, it, yeah. and it gets really deep and really really complex because we are humans we're complicated and and it starts at birth like in utero you know and and it goes all the way until we're now where we're at in our life now so there's a lot to unpack <laughs> there's a lot to unload <laughs> you know yes yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. Wow. Thank you for saying that. I think we hear like do the work and then no one tells us how. So we're like, well, how do I yeah. do that? And I like, I'm really hearing that you have to go back kind of re not relive, but just reprocess what you've already lived through, how that made you feel then and how that makes you feel now. Yes. And then once you've kind of dug through that, in the moment, you can say, is this a trigger from this old feeling? Or is it something new or something else? Is that yeah. kind of a correct absolutely
1: feeling? 100%? Yeah, that's, thank you. Yeah, that was, that was exactly it. And, and it is hard. Like, I, I think that, you know, toxic positivity comes up a lot for a reason, because it, it really takes away from the fact that doing shadow work, trauma work, inner, any type of inner work is hard. And, and we like, that needs to be stated because people will go all gung ho into doing all this, like, yeah, I'm going to change my whole life. I'm going to be a whole new person. And that's fantastic. And I encourage that, but it also needs to be noted that it's hard and it is a lot. It's a lot. It's a whole, whole lifetime, your whole lifetime. And then, you know, plus on top of that generationally, you know, the things you have to heal generationally from.
0: epigenetics so it's a Mm. lot thank you for saying that about toxic positivity I when I first started learning about the law of attraction I was like well I can only feel good always or else bad things are going to happen in my life and that is toxic and it's not that I don't believe in the law of attraction but it's that saying it like that is so simple and that is how it's packaged sometimes
1: yes that That's such a good point. so simple. Yeah, because the fact is, is like, there is always duality. So yes, there is really positive, positive things, but also on the exact opposite side of that, there is terrible things, you know, and we cannot, we cannot say one without the other. We just, like, that's unhealthy. That's unrealistic. And that's living in delusion,
0: you know? Yeah. (laughs) It yeah. is something in delusion. I think it is. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure lots of people have said this, but I'm thinking of Carl Jung and him saying, you can't have the light without the dark.
1: Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly.
0: And that's not to say
1: having a positive mindset isn't helpful. Mm. You know, having optimism and and being hopeful and, and looking, you know, looking at better things, but you got to ground right. yourself in reality, you know? <laughs> like you really do. That's so
0: important. <laughs> Yeah. It's a fine line, and I wonder if part of the line is you can have that positive mindset about yourself, and it's toxic when you're like, "You're fine," and kind of imposing that mindset almost unconsensually on someone else.
1: Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, very, very good. Like, very good point. Unconsensually. Yeah, I, I have been like, that's a thing that I, I'm, I'm trying to. Um, Figure out how to convey is that while I am and being as positive and optimistic as possible, I I I don't want to take away from the way that things are difficult. Life is hard mm-hmm. in general yeah. for every person. It, every person will experience difficulties. It it doesn't matter like it's just what version of difficulty a person experiences. So it's hard because you know you want to just be like yeah all the time, but it's, that's not you know it's just not real life.
0: <laughs> yeah. And you might even burn out from being that way all the time. Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. It's going to creep up on you. Yep.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. And that's,
1: yeah, that is ultimately not, not helpful for anyone, anyone.
0: No. You know. Yeah. yeah. Do you have any advice for how to hold that duality of, wow, this sucks. And also I want to be happy. Like how, how do you go about doing that?
1: Oh, that's been, that's been such a journey. Um, I, you know, the, 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 quote unquote simple answer, which it's really not simple. It's just in, when you hear it, it sounds simple is changing my internal dialogue. So my thoughts, um, I, you know, before maybe my thoughts were really, um, defeatist and self-deprecating and immediately right out the gate going to tell me why I can't do something. Um, and then just trying to flip it and, and, you know, instead of starting out from that space, you know, trying to push forward in a more positive mindset in general, but, um,
0: yeah. (laughs) I like that. Thank you so much for sharing that. And that is, um, maybe a more accurate depiction of the law of attraction than we kind of see simplified maybe on Instagram or something, um, where, it's not like it's your fault because I think it can be very victim blaming if we don't understand the law of attraction. But it is true that when you think bad things about yourself, yes, then you believe bad things about yourself. It, yes, it's like a, uh, yeah, what you believe comes true. Mm-hmm. And and also
1: what it, it is also it also reflects the world you see around you as well. Mm,
0: yes. So totally.
1: if you're you know if you have really negative poor thoughts about yourself, you also view the neg- the world that way too and so that is already a mindset for either staying where you're at and the world staying where it's at so that's like immediately one step to hopelessness you know like mm, yeah and when, you know it's like and and it sounds so crazy like oh change your thoughts but like honestly I literally put post-it notes all over my house like positive things like yeah you're safe or um you know take some deep breaths or you know whatever like trying to change all these thought patterns in my in my head because it it really truly is true and it's helpful but it's it's hard
0: it's really hard (laughs) So it hard. is really hard and I, I like that you put post-it stuff I think yeah. for me I'll write down the negative thought and then I'll do I think was, uh Katie Byron is that the woman who does the work and she says like is it true is it really true what would it be like if it wasn't true and doing that every time a negative thought comes up was the first yes. thing that I had to do
1: that's a good that is a really good exercise for sure yeah I like that one a lot um, have you found it helpful?
0: Yeah, I have. Yeah, I. It was really eye-opening to see how many negative or fearful thoughts I was having every hour, every day.
1: Yeah, yeah. Wow. wow. How do you like? How do you feel like that um, has improved?
0: Mm, I think so, but it's important to note that they come back if oh. you're not diligent and on top of them you think it's gone and then they pop right back and you're like where did you come from <laughs> yes
1: that is very yes 100 percent, 100 i i literally keep thinking to myself like i don't know obviously we're always on a healing journey but i really wonder will i ever stop getting like say suicidal ideation you know like it's not necessarily yeah. thoughts of i want to kill myself but it's like Oh, I just I don't even want to be here anymore. Like, will that ever go away? You know what I mean? Like, is that will my my brain eventually eradicate that neural pathway? I hope so, but who knows? Yeah, you know.
0: Yeah. Oh, thank you so much for saying that. I really think that it's so common for people to have those thoughts of like, I don't want to kill myself. I just don't really want to be alive right now. And we don't talk about them because suicide is a big scary. Uh, concept and no one wants to say it and everyone feels shame about
1: it. Yes, uh, yeah, absolutely. I think I think mental health in general um, has a lot of stigma. We're doing much better than we ever have collectively in acknowledging yeah. mental health, but it's still a long ways to go, obviously, but yeah, you know, there is it's hard it's hard to acknowledge and accept and own you know these struggles, yeah.
0: Yeah, um, kind of on the same note, you mentioned that when you worked in those residential programs for so long, you learned a lot about mental health, and you learned a lot of lessons. Um, can you share more of maybe the lessons that you learned in those facilities?
1: Yes, absolutely. Um, I think, one, um, and this is right now a, a huge message I've been getting is how important the Maslow hierarchy of needs is um and with the very big importance of the in the inclusion of love mm. um I, I really learned that throughout my career like kids can again they're so resilient but one set of loving eyes can dramatically alter their their whole entire outcome in life, and and having having a roof over their head, a safe environment, food in their belly, and the ability to just like live and be cared and loved, you know, mm-hmm. is really Im- profound. It it's so important. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah that wow, would that's beautiful. that would be the one thing and then yeah and then the other thing is how um, how urgent uh, information regarding trauma mm. needs to be mm-hmm. like put out there as everywhere um, and I, I'm i finding that using the word trauma isn't necessarily the word I should be using um, mm. I, think, I think maybe I should be using uh, a different, word to communicate this because factually culturally we have collective trauma that right mm. away is one thing that is you know right out the gate of every all of us have suffered from that so that's just collective trauma um, yeah. but then individually um, we're, we're really missing huge important part of trauma that's not even talked about and that's emotional and physical neglect or emotional mm and uh, emotional abuse
0: and neglect. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Wow, that's a really great point. And there's like, uh, maybe capital T trauma, those big events like a car crash or something traumatic happening to you. But then there's those everyday mini traumas where you were abandoned emotionally in little ways over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. And I think that
1: collectively, culturally, societally, whatever word we want to use, Mm -hmm. we have a lot of compound traumas Mm -hmm. because of, I could go into for days about the various like reasons. Um, There's a lot of socioeconomic factors, you know, um, and industrial revolution plays into it, like the evolution of the family systems. There's so many things involved in it, but basically, you know, when it comes down to it, a lot of families were not healthy we're not you know we're not safe and and it was never talked about and and that has never been acknowledged so excuse me we're at a point now where it is becoming more vocal and we're acknowledging these things more so anyways I went up on a whole thing there but yeah (laughs)
0: yeah oh don't apologize that was so valuable thank you Mm-hmm. Um, You mentioned that the community you were in was very trauma-informed and you use trauma-informed work in your own work. Um, and then you mentioned that we need to be talking about trauma or whatever we wanna call it more often. Um, I guess, what do you have to say on trauma-informed care? What does that look like for you?
1: Well, I guess I'll, I'll use a really, um. Like there are seven, there are seven core principles of trauma-informed care. And um I can't I should know it, but I I don't off the top of my head. I do remember some key ones though, and one of them that always stands out to me is choice. Um and and it's like that one word alone goes into so much emotional abuse. That, um, you know, like, so like having choice in in a trauma-informed care system, you eliminate a lot of emotional abuse. An example Mm. of choice would be what food a person wants to eat. You know, an example of choice Mm. is if a a kid wants to um, read a book or play outside. Allowing them to have that choice. People in general need to feel safe to make choices, and like there are so many aspects of trauma-informed care that I think are really important. Um, you know, uh, giving voice. People need to have a voice and a say in what you know in their own autonomy, basically having autonomy, the ability mm. to speak up for themselves and and take ownership for themselves and what they need and want and. You know trustworthiness and on both sides of the equation there's just so many things about it that you know not just being knowledgeable on trauma but the you know the core of what it is is just it's a different approach to health i think in my opinion
0: (laughs) yeah that that goes back to listening to your intuition too it sounds like
1: Hundred percent. Yes, it is definitely more intuitive. And um, actually, whenever I interview in residential programs, the way I describe the way I work with the children is it's very intuitive, because Mm -hmm. it is. I mean, I really draw from within myself. I put myself in a child's shoes all the time, whenever because you know it's how would they feel with the limited information? How would anybody feel experiencing mental health issues in? you know what I'm saying like yeah that really like intuitively drawing on other people and their energy and and how you know just that yeah yeah
0: <laughs> that's beautiful thank you yeah and that you mentioned doing trauma work in your own self I'm curious if you have any advice for someone with starting that that journey of trauma work or shadow work or inner child work
1: Yeah. Um, make sure you have very strong grounding and, um, uh, yeah, very strong grounding skills or the ability to snap yourself out of dissociation quickly. Um, that's super important. Uh, and, and being able to ride the emotional wave, um, before Mm. you do trauma work. So it's a lot, it's a lot of steps that are involved. So really familiarizing yourself with emotional intelligence in general is really helpful, but um, being able to ground is, if you can do that, like no problem, if you're triggered and you can ground quick like that, you can do trauma work for sure. Mm,
0: yeah, you You said riding the emotional wave. What does that mean? <clears throat> um, so I guess it. I
1: I don't know where the phrase is coined from, possibly from DBT, um, but it's basically where, you know, all all waves or all emotions come like a wave. It doesn't matter what kind it is. Mm. It comes where it's its peak intensity and then it goes back down to the status quo. And even if your status quo is anxiety here, you'll still have peaks, right? <laughs> but, yes. but it's like understanding and knowing that here you are, you're gonna go up, but just as much as you're gonna go up, you're gonna come back down eventually. It can't stay there forever, it really can't. So, so knowing that, that helps, that's so helpful. And just, and it's a practice. So you really have to literally, when you're in crisis, ride that emotional wave. No, don't judge yourself. Like if you're hysterically crying, you're like, no, I got to stop. I yeah. got to stop. No, ride it, cry it, do it. <laughs> and you'll stop. You'll naturally stop,
0: you know? Oh, great point. And if you resist that anxiety or panic, it's going to come and it's going to come stronger.
1: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Oh, absolutely.
0: And that makes me think of what we were saying about the misunderstandings of the law of attraction, um, thinking that when you're up, that like you always have to be up, you always have to be good. But we do ride in waves and emotions do come in waves and we're not always good. That's right.
1: Absolutely. That honestly, um, uh, one of the res programs, or actually it was an intensive outpatient um, par- partial hospitalization program. Um, they did uh, dialectical behavior therapy. And, and so learning about riding that wave was, Mm. it, it was like a, a switch for me. It helped me so much to understand in a different way. Um, it was just a, a, a good key. I don't know. It was just something that unlocked something for me that really helped because I personally, I think DBT is one of the better, um, uh, therapy modules i i think it's really good it, it talks a lot about um you know walking the middle p- path or finding balance or you know, it has a lot of really good stuff i highly recommend that too to anybody
0: <laughs> yeah oh wow so when you are trying to find a therapist whether it's dbt or something else or a coach or a healer what would you suggest someone look for 100 percent always
1: trauma-informed without without a doubt um if they don't have that at the core the odds are is you're still going to continue going back into therapy over and over mm. and over again for the same thing but it looks different right
0: mm-hmm. yeah
1: <laughs> yeah so always that's my first one and then my second thing would be if you can find a therapist that can do either like emdr or um mm. uh there's like tapping That's another good one. Or DBT. Uh, If you have, if you are cognizant of your extensive trauma or have insight to your own traumas, know that you have trauma, um, then, you know, definitely EMDR. Um, And let's see what, what else? Oh, uh, I do not recommend CBT for talk therapy. Mm. How come? For people who have like extensive trauma um, or just, you know, have compound trauma, talking about trauma is difficult. Um, And it's not even necessary Mm. to heal, Um, but it's hard for people to verbalize the things that they have been through because maybe for one example, they, when they experienced the trauma, they didn't have the verbal ability Mm. anyway, or the emotional intelligence, or there's like, there's a whole bunch of reasons, but yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Wow. That is really great advice. Thank you. And I think I can see that looking back over my own therapy journey. I did start with that very traditional talk therapy and not that that's bad, but i just didn't know i didn't know what i didn't know yet so i couldn't verbalize what was going on because i just didn't know about it really
1: yeah no 100 percent. and same here i start i mean i started out doing regular old talk therapy i tried several times and i'm like i don't understand this should be working i should be feeling better you know and again like after all of the years of experience doing trauma work and reading the book the body keeps the score that's really good too um after doing that, like I really began to understand why it wasn't working. And that's because none of my therapists were trauma-informed. And -hmm. the first therapist I had that was trauma-informed, I'm not kidding. Like I've never experienced anything so amazing in my life. I changed from being in 24 status, seven status quo of anxiety, panic attacks to like, never within- Yeah. Three months. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Well,
0: I'm so happy for you too. It's, it's truly
1: like, it's truly insane. Um, yeah, just the, all of the things that the human mind can do, you know, but, know. but, ha, ha, you know, if I wish I would have known that doing talk therapy and CBT is really not helpful
0: because <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yes, I know. Thank you so much for sharing that. Um, And so I'm really curious to kind of pivot just a little bit about self-care both for yourself and then self-care as someone who works with clients. Because I think it's really easy to get burned out and not care about yourself when you're constantly listening to other people.
1: Yeah, um, well, I think to me honestly self-care starts at shadow root work um Mm. because what has been marketed as self-care um is often really difficult to do because it's actually a response for example like eating like not eating right or you know eating enough or vegetables or whatever it's also you know what we've been taught that's part of it too but Mm -hmm. um you know just self-care in general is so such a big you know thing but I I think just one one thing just doing one thing just Mm. any one thing each day even if it's like literally just getting out of bed just walking to your couch (laughs) you know especially during the pandemic if you can't leave your house if you are in your bed most of the time make it a point to go into your living room you know that's mm, self-care yeah. um you know self-care is is about really like literally caring about yourself like how I think of it as reparenting I guess you know mm,
0: yeah
1: treating ourselves like wish a parent would treat a child and taking care of all aspects of ourself and Yeah,
0: anyways, sorry. Don't be sorry. Wow, that was really special. And you're right. Self-care is both treated as like, it's always candles and it's always a bath, which like, I love a bath and I love candles, (laughs) but it's not as, it's not always as aesthetically pleasing as maybe we're led to believe. And it's also not as marketable as we're led to believe. Like the self-care
1: absolutely actually i think most of my self-care was free if i'm being honest like Mm, because it's all in here like i mean we can we can be talk about like eating right and bathing and all of that stuff but i wasn't able to do that efficiently until i freed up the space space in my brain you know i i I just couldn't i literally couldn't quantify like how to figure out how to even eat right you know I could, it just was too much. It was too overwhelming. So, yeah, I just, but yeah. as far as when working in the field, though, that's, mm-hmm. that is different because it's, it's hard because you, you are bringing on um, outside. It's not your, your own. So, yeah, that is take time off always take time off. I don't care. Call out. I don't care. Just to, if you yeah. wake up and you're like, Oh, I just am not feeling it today. Call out. They'll, your clients will still be there tomorrow. Yeah. They'll still need you, you know, but are yeah. are do you need them to need you at your best or when you're completely depleted, you know? Yeah. Um, uh, And, you know, honestly, my last job didn't agree with that mentality so much, but I I try to practice what I preach and, you know, if, if if you're not having it, don't have it. (laughs) You
0: know? Yeah, I like that. That is really special to, to know that you want to do that work for other people, but knowing that you have to do the work on yourself before you can really help someone else. And you don't have to be healed and perfect and enlightened, but you have to be grounded or present to do that work for someone else
1: absolutely and and honestly like a lot of people go into the in the um, helping field um, factually and, and they also need them to self help themselves so i'm being one of those yeah. people you know um, but is i you know that's what's great about working in in the field is that it gives you new tools to be able to do the work yourself so you can continue being a great helper and caregiver and and you know as long as you can set boundaries and care for yourself and just take breaks as many as you need go as slow as you need you know honor yourself through the whole process that's because working with other humans in general doesn't matter the profession is hard yeah you know and then you add the element of helping others, it gets so much more difficult.
0: <laughs> yes, absolutely. And that goes back to what you were saying about the lessons you've learned about slowing down. That can also be applied in your work too. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. hundred mm-hmm. um, percent. I'm wondering if you have anything to say about boundaries. That's just really coming for me now that you have to set those energetic boundaries, boundaries around your time. What do you think about that?
1: Oh yeah, boundaries. I it's funny because I like to consider myself a very fluid, flowy type person. I don't like restraints. I don't like control. I don't like schedules. Yeah. I don't like routine and rigidity. But also what I realized with that was I lacked some boundaries.
0: Mm. and in
1: and, and work particular I would give a lot of myself like I give a lot of my time my money my energy my thought even outside yeah. of work you know <laughs> so what I realized um is that one when I'm not at work I'm no longer doing work that right mm, out the yeah. gate was <sighs> and then two you know, just giving voice to, I am stressed out, I'm hard, it's hard, it's tiring, you know, all of that. So that's,
0: yeah. Yeah, thank you, thank you. It's so hard to set those boundaries. And that's really what a parent would do for their child is say, yeah, you're stressed out, yeah, you're tired. How can we nurture you? How can we have you rest and sleep and get better?
1: Yeah, and that's hard, and that you know, talk, reparenting. Ooh, yeah. that's pretty doozy. I tell you, if you if you <laughs> grow up without parents or or not very good parents or, you know, whatever, and you have to reparent yourself, learning that ha- is hard. It's really yeah. hard. Um, you know, a lot of us are overgivers of of a lot of ourselves, a lot of aspects of ourselves in the caregiving or you know in the field at all. Like, that's. Yeah, and, and so it's hard to reparent parent and look at things kind of almost objectively. It's kind of looking at it from like out here, mm-hmm. like, okay, if you were someone else that I really cared about, how, what would, what would you need, you know, like, yeah, that's,
0: it's hard. <laughs> yeah, it is really hard. Um, A theme for me this year and last year has been to witness, and I that's what I view that as, is taking a step back and just witnessing myself and being like, hmm, I wonder what I need right now. And I see that this is going on Or even when you're doing that work with someone else, you're not there to fix them or do the work for them. You're just there to witness them. Sometimes that's all I like really that. all
1: need.
0: I really like that a lot. Yeah, I, that's
1: really good. Yeah, witnessing, that's,
0: that's a good way to put
1: it. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs>
0: um, so I'm gonna pivot a little bit again. Um, on your website, you mentioned creativity a lot. And so I'm curious about what that means to you and your personal life, your healing, and then how you, you work with others. Yeah, so um, creativity literally
1: is life. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that's so, so that's why it's such, it's, it's literally everything. Like everything we do yeah. is creativity. Um, so it, it, in, it involves actual art like, or, um, you know, like making, whether it's painting, sculpting, Dadaism, which is collaging and, you know, which is really good for PTSD, by the way, if, mm. you know, if you're feeling stuck, start collaging, it'll just, your brain will process whatever it needs to to help you get through something. You, it's amazing. It's
0: um, amazing.
1: Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, art has a way of just healing us we just heal. Uh, And we don't, again, we don't have to talk about it. And and it's another, just another really helpful tool to get us from point A to B. And, And it really is, you know, it's, it's expressive of, it's so individual and expressive for each person. So there's no right or wrong way to do it. So using creativity to express some of the hardest things is so deeply healing. And I think that's really important because um, as kids, culturally, we've been told not to do creative things and funding has gotten cut for creative endeavors. So a lot of us have lost that. As a, he- a healing tool and think yeah. of it as a I need to be good at it type of thing or you know when really it's just a way to just naturally work through whatever and <clears throat> I also use creativity to apply um in using energy and um like for example like Reiki or yeah. um, you know just when I start channeling uh and yeah, so I use that word with intention because I I create energy. I create, you know, whatever, whatever it is that needs to be expressed creatively. It's literally all it is.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and that's listening to your intuition too, is coming up with those creative ideas or anything that's creative, that's intuition.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
0: Oh, I love that. Thank you. Um, and that makes me think of kind of what we touched on in the very beginning with capitalism and just the really ingrained capitalism we often don't think that our art or our creativity is worth it unless we can profit off of it
1: exactly and and that is sad it's so sad because each person each person is creative every yes. single human being has the ability to be creative in anything it could be literally growing plants it could be painting it could be sculpting it could be writing a song a story a movie it could be you know literally anything it could be building a software program i mean the the possibilities are endless yeah
0: (laughs) how you do your hair how you make your dinner how you set
1: up your desk exactly it's all creativity Yes. Uh, and yes each of us have it and when and when we try to suppress it then that's when we start fitting into that capitalist mold you know
0: <laughs> yes yes I remember a friend told me well I'm not really a creative person and she meant that like she doesn't paint or draw or sing or something like the very stereotypical creativity stuff and I remember thinking I don't think that's true so I'm glad we're having this talk about what creativity really is Yes. I, yes.
1: uh, here, there we go. Um, it's really, it's really just like, what do you create in your life? Do you create really beautiful meals that you enjoy to eat with your family? Is that your creative expression? You know, whatever it is, it's, it's, it's individual because like when I, when I envisioned, um, my, what I, the things that I would be offering to people, um, when I use that word creativity or creative, I even thought food into it because a lot of people need help with their diets and
0: food is a
1: good way to be creative because you get to try different things and you learn a skill as well. And yeah, so.
0: I like that. And I bet it's um, healing in a way too to kind of use your hands and, and create something. Yeah. That's so nourishing for your own body. Very, very much re-parenting. very intuitive, very creative. It all ties together.
1: Yes, absolutely. And, you know, a lot of us don't know how to cook because we were, yeah. we grew up in a time period where we just didn't have, you know, that right. as an option to be taught how to cook. So, yes, you know, totally. that, that's another good thing. And also, I, I really enjoy cooking and the creative element of it that I like best is using herbs and as magic. And, oh, yes. and so I, I like to you know it feels like a ritual and it feels like I'm I'm like energetically whatever herbs I pick is like I'm working on a spell or a potion and it feels yeah. good and am taking care of myself and so it would be really you know awesome to integrate all these types of creative skills with people oh you know.
0: thank you for sharing that I love the idea of really blessing your food in that ritualized way that sounds really beautiful and really healing
1: yeah yeah it's it it is uh, it i hated cooking i still hate cooking when, young, <laughs> but when i do that it makes me like it <laughs> i can tolerate it but oh, yeah wow. that, it's it's you know fun to fun to you know just talk about those kind of things and like um for example every single morning I put cinnamon in my coffee and uh, and I'll always stir it like clockwise it's just a good start to the day good protection, yeah. and really good protection and prosperity so I just like to put that in there yeah, just... oh cool
0: and does clockwise mean something
1: um I mean there's yeah it's like like opening or you know just like setting forward momentum i guess that way that's the way i view it i don't necessarily subscribe to all of the um intricate details of things like that it's an energetic intuitive energetic thing so um i do it because it feels like that is heading forward the energy i need to go forward i need protection to move forward i need prosperity
0: yeah That is so interesting. Thank you. Um, My next question is what would you tell your younger self knowing all that you do now? I
1: would tell my younger self, find a trauma therapist immediately. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. That would have saved me probably um, like 20 years worth of struggle.
0: Yeah yeah that's great advice and then kind of on the other end what do you hope to learn from your future self really hope
1: to learn how to build a comprehensive mental health community accessible Mm. to everyone for free
0: i love that is that one of your main goals right now
1: that is that is I'm at the very beginning stages of it but that's I I always think big vision big picture so that's where it is the end goal but yeah wow
0: that is beautiful thank you for sharing that um and I guess the last question is what does empowered spirituality mean to you
1: that is that is a really good question I think that um What helped me feel empowered in my spirituality was learning, was the choice, was the ability to choose, this resonates with me, this doesn't, this feels oppressive, this doesn't. And when when I was able to weed through all of the things that like I was fed throughout my whole life and all of the things that didn't feel good. And I was able to really sit and like listen to my intuition and what i felt most drawn to um that made me feel most empowered that made me actually feel the most empowered to call myself a witch Um, and, and i'd never done that before in my life but i i when i finally started like you know doing that like if i felt empowered and that to me is you know doing your making your own choice doing your own research Going to what you are drawn to is what is most empowering, yeah. Because there's no right or wrong answer. Nobody really even
0: knows, <laughs> you know. <laughs> That's so true. Oh, thank you. Um, is there anything else that you'd like to add before we go?
1: Oh, geez, no. I mean, I really thank you so much. Um, I. I feel like I got lost a lot in my head so I hope I hope this was good and I really had such a great time you know like everything has been really wonderful thank you
0: mm, thank you uh I feel like I could just maybe talk for another three hours <laughs> yeah, I mean hey anytime
1: you want to do this I'm always down like I have so- yes, I'm sure we both have so many things we could talk about
0: <laughs> absolutely oh and where can people find you and how can they work with you um, so yeah, you, you can
1: find me on basically all social media platforms is Bonnie Big Heart um, and my website, bonniebigheart.com, Um, and yeah, that's a Gmail, Bonnie Big Heart or Big Heart Bonnie. Uh, but basically that's me. Uh, and if that's how you contact me, yeah.
0: And I'll share a link to that in the notes as well.
1: Wonderful. Thank you.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on. I'm so honored and I know everyone is going to just feel so blessed to hear your wise words.
1: Well, thank you so much. I appreciate your time so much. This was lovely. It
0: was. Thank you so much for tuning in to Empowered Spirituality. Visit empoweredspirituality.online to see my own blog posts or to work with me. Follow me on Instagram at empowered.spirituality. If you'd like to join the weekly meditation circle, which happens every Sunday, you can follow the link in my bio. And same with becoming a patron. Um, if you like this episode, please rate it five stars and maybe even leave a review. And if you're interested to learn more about Bonnie, you can follow her on Instagram at Bonnie Bakehart. Or visit Bonnie's website to work with her and learn even more about her. Her website is BonnieBigHeart.com. Thanks for tuning in. Namaste. It can be challenging to find a community of supportive people to share in our spiritual journeys with. We all need support and love, no matter where we are on our personal journeys. So I am excited to announce that I have created the space for just that. In the Empowered Spirituality community, you will receive a weekly video lesson, weekly journaling prompts, access to an additional guided meditation every week, monthly group meetings and teachings via Zoom, and access to a loving and supportive online community. Additionally, all members will receive 20% off of all of their coaching sessions. You can follow the link in the show notes for this community offer or visit patreon.com slash empoweredspirituality.